Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, life purpose coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Tisha Rowe, a therapist under supervision with a heart for providing medicated assisted treatment to those struggling with opioid use disorder. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. My guest today is Tisha Rowe, who is a substance abuse therapist currently under supervision. Tisha has a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Phoenix and her master's in arts from the University of Central Oklahoma. She's married and has a blended family with six children. Tisha enjoys spending time traveling with her husband and children. She's passionate about helping others that struggle with addiction. Tisha is currently working at a comprehensive treatment center that dispenses methadone and subutex as part of a medicated assistant treatment program for those facing opioid use disorder. Tisha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's really good to have you on. And so yeah. we were talking before off off mic uh, about where we met, and you reminded me of the name of the event that we think it's called Walk for Recovery. Yes. Which was in Washington Park, yes. downtown Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. which was a blast. Okarta was yeah. was one of the main uh, sponsors of that event. I've always wanted to go. I just never had the chance. I would either forget or had to work or something, and so. Um, we were actually at work, we were doing group and somebody came up with, um, uh, to find places, you know, events for sober, you know, meeting sober people, acquaintances. And I just happened to look up Okarta and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I, there's a walk coming up soon. So I was like, as soon as I found out, I was like telling all my clients, like, Hey, you know, you should really come with me or you should go and, you know. And then, like, none of my clients showed. What? <laughs> I, I know. know. That happens with so many of these events, right? You invite everybody, and they're like, I'll be there. And then sure. nobody shows up. I know. It's yeah. quite, you know, and it was, you know, um, and I actually got my parent or my mom and my sister go with me. So it was really nice. Awesome. Yeah. So we, we had fun. My They were really glad that we went. So I was, too, you know. Yeah. And there were several folks that I knew that went, and some that didn't go that said they would, of course. Yeah. But it was really a big event. This was my yeah. first time going too. Nice. Yeah, and it was great. So we walked to the Capitol. Yeah. You know, really speaking for and speaking out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for um, recovery for all. You yeah. Know, access to recovery and what that means for all kinds of folks. So. Yeah. It was a, it was a very positive, very. Um, it was. Uplifting event. It really was, and it was really nice to kind of be part of something like that, because um, I don't, you know, for. You know, we work all week and then weekends, home, families, that kind of thing. Right. So um, it really was nice to kind of do something to, to support others. And, you know, I do that with my job, but just more so within the office and not so much on the outside community of that. So it was yeah. really nice. And we all had a really good time. Yeah, I yeah. did too. And that's where we met. So you came up to the booth and we started chatting and about, yeah. well, we'll get into that in just a little bit about what yeah. you do and who you are. And, uh, and any of your story that you want to share with our listeners too. And, cool. um, and I said, Hey, do you want to be my guest? Because 
this is a great conversation. Yeah. So I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Mm. So as you know, Tisha, we start each episode with a kickoff question. You've chosen yours, and yeah. I'll send that your way, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Yeah. So the question is, what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? You know, um, it really is about, for me, is really just about, you know, helping others. I have um, really built a rapport with a lot of my clients. And, you know, I do have to get up so early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what time, by the way, so, do you get up? Yeah. Um, I normally. Mean, normally it's between like 4 and 4.15. That's a time. That really That's exists. That's a time. It is. That's very early. Yes. And luckily I don't live too far from mm. um, the clinic. So... Um, you know, and it's hardly any traffic, if not any. So that's super <laughs> yeah. helpful. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, no. So, you know, some days it can be a little hard to kind of get up, but, um, really is about looking forward to, you know, um, touch, getting in touch with my clients and remembering like, oh yeah, we said we were going to meet today and, you know, and, you know, I have missed because of, you know, personal time or, you know, I just got back from maternity leave not too long ago and everybody was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're back. I thought you weren't going to come back. You were, you know, yeah. so for me, that kind of excitement is knowing that, you know, I, if, if I don't, then, you know, I could have missed a very good opportunity to help somebody to, um, you know, process some things or to work out through an obstacle or something like that. So, um, Definitely, those are the reasons why yeah. I get up. Those, I love that. Those are big reasons. Yeah. And what would you say got you into the field? You know, is there a backstory that led you into to the field and the work that you're doing today that you'd like to share? You know, it's you know we people get asked that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I'm personally not in recovery, yeah. so you know, but I can be very relate. I relate to my clients in quite a bit. Yeah, and so. Um, Sometimes I do think about that, and so I started noticing when I was in high school, I was, you know, pretty quiet and um, kind of just went with the flow. If you know, didn't really stick out too much, but I think because of that too, like I had a lot of, um, I wouldn't say friends that I hung out with, but just you know, other students in my class, and they would just talk to me, and. You know, there were, and sometimes that I have, you know, kids like I don't know why I just told you that. I'm like. I don't know either, <laughs> but yeah. that's okay, mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, another good reason I think is because my dad also was um, going for the same thing. Like he actually went to UCO, almost graduated. You know, he has personal um, a story behind you know substance abuse and that kind of thing. And so I wished to go to, with him to UCO to school when we didn't have school and classes. And I always have been intrigued of why like why people do those kinds of things. And so um, he kind of fed into that with, you know, like, oh, you know, there's this and this with, you know, and all these kinds of, and it just, I always thought like psychology and learning about the brain and people's behaviors was just so interesting. And so um, I, I went to, I was like, okay, so counseling, cool. People tend to, to just tell me things anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I think I think I like that. And mm -hmm. if I can help out just by listening, I think that's, you know, kind of cool, you know. So, um, and also I think a good motivator is because, like, there is substance abuse within my family. Um, and I kind of wish that I knew a lot more growing up, like, that there was, like, help or, like, 
Al-Anon and things of that nature that, you know, not saying that it, um, that it was like a, a bad childhood of any sorts, but being, you know, knowing that there could have been help if I could have talked to somebody outside my family kind of thing. Um, and so I think a good portion of that is like, I just want to be able to help people get resources and, and especially for, you know, people that aren't aware of, um, know too much about substance abuse. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought counseling was great and I thought it would be a good career, but I didn't know specifically what field or cause there's so many options with it. Um, yeah, on that point there, thanks for sharing that yeah. too. Some of the backstory, some of the reasons that motivated you or informed your, your path on that point there, there mm-hmm. may be listeners out there that are considering um, substance use or mental health as sure. part of their professional career. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're looking at pathways right now. So yeah. if you, if you're willing to go there, mm-hmm. like what, what was your decision-making process and how did you sort of navigate that yeah. to get where you're at today? I, I, um, I took a, a chemical dependency class when it was in my bachelor's and, um, she was talking about, you know, substance use and, and everything. And, um, university in Phoenix, it's very business orientated. So it was always like in the workplace kind of scenarios, but regardless of the situation, substance abuse is substance abuse. And so, um, I remember I'm like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> within like, clicked, huh? yeah, within like my family mm-hmm. and not only like family members that had issues, but also myself. Mm-hmm. Like now, I, I mean, this makes a lot of sense of maybe why this person acted this way and this person acted that way and why I felt this way. And so I was like, I can, can relate to this you know, specific field. And plus I like seeing change. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. It makes me really happy Mm -hmm. when people are progressing. And I feel like, um, with substance abuse, you can see that change kind of quickly, you know, as long as they're working towards it, you can see it. And that makes me excited because then I'm like, Hey, you're doing so good, you know? And, um, I think, and that's kind of what specifically drew me to that field of substance abuse. So, and I can kind of maneuver in a sense of like, um, you know, um, you know, couples, if somebody has an issue, families, if somebody has an issue, you know, with substances and those kinds of things. So it's, I like the feel, but I'm, I can also kind of branch out a little bit with the clientele. It doesn't have to just be a one-on-one situation. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have options. Mm-hmm. And what I really picked up on there is this opportunity to, to help people, of course. Yeah. But it's also to experience change. Yes. To see people change. Yes. And so for, for myself and so for many others of us in the field now, I'm, I'm a, a coach. For those that don't know me, I'm a professional certified coach, mm-hmm. so I'm non-clinical, sure. which is different. It's a support role, and I'm, I'm not licensed to, to do clinical interventions or, or therapy or counseling. But I partnered together along the continuum of care, which yeah. means from all the way from folks looking for detox, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up through, you know, they're looking for ways to live their purpose and have more freedom and autonomy. They might describe it that way yeah. in their lives beyond addiction, you know? Right. So um, that's where I work on that on that far end. Yeah. But but I partner with folks all the time just to mm-hmm. for referrals, to get to know more about what we're doing together. Yeah. So conversations like this are super helpful yeah. in that way. Yeah. What I really wanted to... Um, 
ask you next is like where you're at, the facility okay. that you're working at and the work that you get to do on a daily basis. So I currently work at, um, it's called CTC, the Comprehensive Treatment Center. Um, it used to be known as Mission Treatment Center. Um, we are located up there off of Western and Hefner. And it is a clinic that we dispense um, methadone and or subutex um, for opiate addicts. Yeah. And so um, it is a different kind of treatment that some people might not be used to. Um, and we just get all different kinds of clientele that come through there. And it's, like I said, it's that change that gets me excited about, yeah. you know, I... Um, it's a very structured type of program, um, which is, you know, when we're dealing with serious medication, mm-hmm. very powerful medication, there is a lot of restrictions that need to be made and a lot of rules and policies that have to be followed. So um, we always try to break that stigmatism of like, we're not just dispensing in a back alley <laughs> out of a van or something, you know, that's it's very um, structured. And so... Some folks, not to interrupt your thought there, but oh, yes. some folks may not know what these medications are. Sure. And, and I know you may get to it, but just to, to bring that in the conversation at some point, like what these yeah. medications are for, what they're doing for folks that are struggling. Yeah. So um, when we're talking about Medicaid-assistant treatment, you know, that includes Subutex, um, Suboxone, or Methadone, and they're all um, synthetic opioids that help with cravings and withdrawal symptoms. And so when we have somebody that is addicted to heroin or prescription pills um, and they decide they want to get help, this is a really great medication to help with. Um, it's it's not necessarily a replacement in a sense, but it's for um, being able to deal not deal with those symptoms currently <laughs> yes right so, that's key it's, so it's, that they can make changes right yes yeah. yes because not you know not all treatment is available for you know everyone or even um even realistic for some people so mm-hmm. you know going to to detox or going to inpatient might not be realistic if they have you know family or job they can't lose or you know things of that nature and so with this medication, they are able to take it every day safely. Um, we monitor them, you know, each day in the sense of, you know, making sure they show up every day. Um, they, we have doctors that, you know, um, you know, check, check them out physically and make sure they're appropriate for the program. Um, they talk to nurses every day, making sure that they're getting the appropriate dose of medication, um, whether that needs to be a little bit higher sometimes or a little bit lower. Um, and so, you know, and they have to go through a lot of, um, counseling. Um, we have, um, specific hours they need, criteria they have to meet and and things of that nature, um, just to kind of stay in the program. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good program and there I have so many clients. I mean, I have clients that range that, um, I just, you know, um, and took a, a client Tuesday and then I have clients that have been on it for 10 plus years. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. What are some of the changes that you're able to share yeah. in a general way? Cause yeah. I know that these are actual clients, but yeah. in a general way, what are some of the changes that you're able to see 
with a medicated assistance ther- therapy that folks have benefited from, benefited from from the time maybe they came in mm-hmm. to to the current date or whenever you you know saw them last. Yeah, um, it's always kind of nice um, to kind of see that because once they're at a good um, medication dose, they no longer crave to want to use and they no longer have withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they now can focus on finding employment, you know, getting a reliable vehicle, um, mending relationships, um, and just essentially kind of having like a quote unquote, like normal life, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, you know, when we have, there's, um, been clients where they come in and, and have hardly anything. Um, maybe they have an apartment or a house or some situations, but um, maybe they don't have a, a, v- a reliable vehicle. And so they kind of struggle for a little bit, you know, getting to the clinic, making sure that they take their medication every day. And so it's like little, we celebrate all those little victories of getting um, a vehicle um, and, you know, getting employment, those issues. Um, I do, there is a client that, um, I remember he was like, not very excited <laughs> <laughs> about being there, about, about being there, all of I it. think. Cause I mean, sometimes, yeah. you know, um, with addicts, I mean, and, and this is sometimes general with people, but mm-hmm. it's like, we're very, um, satisfaction needs to be happening today tomorrow you know i'll claim that for myself (laughs) as a person in recovery absolutely that's been true for me yeah and and many of us yeah and we want it when we want it and we want it now yeah so um and unfortunately sometimes it takes time for the medication to work so and to to for it to work properly and you no longer feel sick so you know i remember him not you know kind of struggling the first month or so to get getting into the clinic making those counseling sessions um, not really wanting to open up as much. And that was probably a couple of years ago, but, and he's, I mean, he's my regular now. Like he doesn't, he just, when we have it set, he's at the highest level that you can have be there. Mm-hmm. Um, which means he gets two week take homes. Um, he takes the medication home for two weeks and we trust him enough to do that yeah. by providing, um, clean UAs once a month. Awesome. And, um, so he, yeah, and then every time he comes in to get more medication, he comes and sees me um, for about an hour or so. And so it's so nice to kind of see that change of, he didn't like it when he first got here. <laughs> <laughs> right. But now you like don't miss a session. He's yeah. very reliable. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's working. It's working. It's working. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the things I'm a proponent. If anybody wonders who's listening, I'm a proponent of medicated assistant therapy. Sure. Uh, in the words of William White, he's or Bill White, he's a, a, a longtime addiction uh, researcher in the mm-hmm. field. Uh, to paraphrase a quote of his, it's like, if it's working, it should be celebrated. Yeah. And so it's pretty simple for me. And this is research-based, right. uh, evidence-based programs, and it works, yes. you know. And so anything that we can do, in my opinion, and, and I want to have this conversation with you too, that's working, we should do more of it, you know, oh, and course. provide access. So yeah. in terms of that piece right there and maybe some stigma that might be around, yes. uh, it's called MAT sometimes for mm-hmm. short, but medicated assistant therapy. Mm-hmm. What are some of the stigmas out there and, and just what are your thoughts about okay. that? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the times, you know, um, 
I think one of the biggest um, stigma is that every person that, you know, is um, on, like, methadone is just automatically labeled, you know, like a junkie. Right. And um, that's not always the case, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Accidents happen and people get hurt and, you know, there is pain management for a reason. Um, But we do have quite a bit, you know, and and also – I know, you know, methadone is, we, we can't advertise, we're not advertising for pain management, mm-hmm. but it happened so that, um, doctors over back then were over prescribing, um, opiate medication, pain pills. And when the opioid epidemic started happening, lots of people, they started tapering, really, really focusing on that liability issue, which is probably what it should have been done a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but we naturally as humans build up a tolerance to this medication. Yeah. And so people were going into withdrawal. People had no idea what was going on. I take my medication faithfully. I don't know what's happening. Um, and But I, I, I can't survive on what you're giving me because naturally my body needs more. And right, so right. they end up turning to buying off the streets or buying off of somebody that they know. And... Um, Opiate pills can be expensive. Very expensive and, and so, very dangerous, of course, too. A little dangerous. side note there, but with fentanyl. Yes. And oh, yeah. And so heroin is cheaper. Yes. And there they go. So they went from doing everything they're supposed to be doing to now they're a heroin addict. Yeah. And so... Um, and that's not what they wanted. For those listeners who yes. didn't catch... That's not what they were headed <laughs> no. for. These are human beings that were on a path towards yes. recovery and wellness. Mm-hmm. And their their tolerance for the opiates was so high yeah. that what they were getting wasn't solving for their uh, withdrawal symptoms, which are brutal. Yes. You can Google that. Maybe I'll put a link down. Withdrawal symptoms, they are se- severe and very serious. Very and severe. they can be very long-lasting, yes. too. Yes. So they didn't want to end up using heroin, but there they are just trying to function on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think another you know stigma that we deal with a lot is people just not generally educated mm-hmm. about the medication. And so we hear a lot of, oh, well, you just train one addiction for another, you know. Yeah, um, I've heard that many times. Yeah, you know, and so now you're addicted to methadone and and it's, I'm like, they're not, you're, you're not abusing the medication. We mm-hmm. make sure of that. Um, That's a good message, by the way. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't no, mean to No, you're perfectly fine. Because I know there's a lot of folks uh, in our community Mm-hmm. That are in along the continuum of care, you know, and right. it, it tends to hit uh, sober living or transitional living sometimes, yes. where where that's not accessible mm-hmm. or it's it's not understood. Maybe I should say too, right. methadone and mm-hmm. medicated assisted therapies, mm-hmm. and so um, sometimes folks that you know are really struggling with withdrawals and with um, with uh, other symptoms of cravings, yes. and they're trying yes. to work a program and live and find a job, but that is primary oh, yeah. to their psychology and yeah. really their biology at that point. Oh, 100%. You know, and it's, it's um, you know, with addiction, it's just that vicious cycle that it's so hard to break. Yeah. And, you know, this medication is a really good way to break that because all we're asking is for you just to come in and take this medication every day. Um, I mean, also along with counseling and other ways we can help with that. Sure, right. Um, but, you know, once they take this medication, I think a lot of people think that because it is very powerful, but it's it's not something that these clients get high on. Mm-hmm. Once they're at a stable dose, 
Um, they take it once a day and they're able to function and work and take care of their kids and live life through, you know, throughout the day just fine and not impaired. Um, and, um, that because the half-life is very long. And so that's the very significant part of it is if they were to miss a dose one day, they would be okay. And they don't have to be out scrambling and looking for pills or trying to find heroin. They are going to survive until the next day when they can come back in. So yeah, it's very kind chemistry is one <laughs> the term that comes to my mind. Sometimes. Yeah. It's very kind chemistry. It's yes. giving a person a chance yes. when they're really dealing with something significant in their brains and in their bodies and their in their behavior. Sure. And this mm-hmm. gives them a chance to just function. Oh, yeah. And get to that next level. Adjust oh, yeah. behaviors, understand more about themselves, do some healing, mm-hmm. and, and live a new life. Yes. Yeah. It is, It is. you know, it's, again, like one of those, um, you know, addictions, one of those cycles that now we, we try to break and then to get them into a new cycle, which I think is really nice because, you know, our clinics are open so long. Monday through Friday, but we, you know, we tell them you have to come every day. Like we, we, in building back up that structure of you getting up in the morning versus sleeping all day and staying up all night. Sometimes that's like a pretty common one that we tend to work on really well. Like, Hey, how do we help you make sure that you get to the clinic before it closes? Mm -hmm. Um, New routines, right? Talk about routines a lot with those folks that I serve because I've been there too. You know, Mm -hmm. I stay up all night long and do all kinds of unhealthy things to my body and then wonder, (laughs) Oh, I can't seem to function the next day. Right. But it just gets to be a cycle. Like it does. And you know, and I'm constantly like, what are we going to do? Like, we got to set like, we need to go buy like 20 alarm clocks, <laughs> right? something, yeah. you know, we got to get it together. So you yes. know, it's a, lots of encouragement mm-hmm. and, you know, um, it's the clinic that I work at is very, it's a small clinic mm-hmm. with, you know, probably like two, maybe in between two to 300 clientele. So we all tend to be very close and, you know, um, you know, on one of our policies, if somebody doesn't show up to the clinic to get their medication, we call them and continue to call them until, you know, for at least a couple of weeks to make sure that they're okay or if they need other forms of treatment, a high level of care. Um, and so, I mean, and, and sometimes they just, they don't come back, but we have had several people that do end up coming back and it's really nice to say thank you for coming back because right. we want you here. Yes. Yeah. And I can tell that you do. And I'm sure our listeners do too. So this might be a place to just pause and say like some contact information and we'll hit that again at the end of the show, but maybe somebody's really struggling right now or a family member's like, this is a great resource. I think we haven't tried this yet or we haven't tried it in a while. Right. So yeah, if you don't mind mentioning the facility again, location and then website or contact information, it comes to mind. Yeah. It's, um, so we're located at Hefner and Western. The address is, uh, 948 West Hefner Road, um, and you can call that um, number, which is 405-286-9533, and you'll get our office and set up an intake day um, and answer any, we can answer any questions that you have. So we're open Monday through Friday um, from 5 in the morning until 11 a.m. Okay. Yeah. And the name of the facility one more time? It's Mission Treatment Center. Mission Treatment Center. Um, and there's going to be a link in the show notes. So if you're listening yes. now, 
we're talking, so it's not there, but yeah. it will be <laughs> it when will this be. is live. So go yeah. click on that link yeah. and you'll find a, a link there. It'll also be, it's also um, called um, Hefner Treatment, Comprehensive Treatment Center. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So okay. it's, I say Mission Treatment Center because that's what it used to be named. Yeah. Um, and so some people might know that name around if they've have had other people know it or have heard of it. Because um, we do have a couple of other clinics here in the city. Yeah. So... And we do have a, another clinic on Linwood and Classen, I believe. Okay, so, and we can check that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have the link for yeah. other addresses too. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, because I want to give folks resources a lot of what I do in this position and with this podcast. So Yeah, and and I, and I always ask, like, how did you hear about us? Because I'm yeah. always just curious. Yeah. Um, and a lot of good times it's like, oh, I have a friend that comes here. Or, yeah. Um, sometimes we have families. Like, yeah that are attending treatment together. So, um, and then sometimes they're like, I just, I Googled it (laughs) and I'm like, okay, okay. You got some good SEO search engine optimization going. People are finding you online in other words through, through through searching. Yes. How about on this point? It's related to the stigma, Mm -hmm. but, but, but this sort of shame that might, might individual shame, especially like that self, uh, type of shame, if there's folks out there that are listening in, they're like, you know what, due to my job or mm-hmm. how I'm viewing myself or how others see me or just really how, you know, I'm just so disgusted with myself, which happens to us in addiction sometimes. I'm speaking yeah. for myself as well in the past. Mm-hmm. What what might you say to them to, to that could be helpful for them to say, you know what, why don't you come in and, and give this a, a, a shot and do an intake and see if this is a good fit for you? I mean, what do you got to lose? <laughs> what do you got to lose? I'm with you, know, you on that, yeah. 100%. Because, I mean, this, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of clients that have been, you know, when we do our intake, what kind of other forms of treatment you have. Yeah, and it's like, great question. I got to buckle up because there's been quite a bit, you know, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, and I, and then so it's like this form of treatment is very easy to follow and, it's like I said, it doesn't put your life on pause. Um, it just keeps you going and motivated. And so, um, but again, I think a good portion is it, it's just, it's a medication. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking specifically about these treatments, it's a medication that you take just as if you had, you know, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. You take it every day, you have to take it every day. Um, but it, you're not. You don't really feel your, I mean, sometimes I guess you can feel your blood pressure, you know, medication working, but I mean, most of the time you take it and you go about your day, you know, and it's doctor's orders and it's kind of the same way here. It's your doctor's order. Your medication is specific to you, to your medication only. Um, But I, I would say just giving it a chance, you know, if addiction is, you know, has been, a significant part of your life and you're just tired of struggling and in and out of treatments and um, detoxes, you know, this would definitely be one of the best options to at least try, you know, um, coming in for an intake and letting the doctors and nurses and everybody, you know, assess you, making sure you are appropriate. Because we have to make, because we are dealing with powerful medication. Yeah, for sure. We do have to make sure that people are appropriate for the program. Right. Um and so sometimes we have had to, fortunately, some people like, I just don't want to take pain pills anymore. And, mm-hmm. But they, you know, with addiction, there needs to be specific criteria. So, yeah. um, you know, so we have to just make sure everybody is yeah. appropriate. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
you know, it's very, I don't know, I, I would say it's very, you know, it is confidential. Um, it's a medication and you don't have to go and scream it out to the world that you're on methadone. <laughs> right. So there, <laughs> you know? that can lower that, that fear factor or sure. the, the fear of shame or being found out, so to speak. Yes. So there's that confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Sounds caring. Sounds like y'all care about everybody that oh, comes yeah. in. That seems pretty obvious to me on yeah. this end, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And then it's it's research based. It's a it's medical model. You're yes. going to make sure that it's the right fit. So mm-hmm. and it sounds like, you know, if it is great, but mm-hmm. maybe if it's not, there's I'm oh, guessing yeah. other resources that oh, you're going to have for that individual, right? Or family. Right. Yeah. We yeah. definitely make sure to set them up with. Um, any other kind of, you know, treatments that they might be more appropriate for. So, um, but no, I mean, we've, like I said, we've had clients that have been on it for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I do, when I do groups, um, I've had so many people when we talk about specifically this, you know, because it is kind of a hardship when it comes to being on methadone of family, maybe not understanding, um, feeling like, you know, you traded one thing for another, but I just tell them to really focus on, you know, their behavior and to, um, really just, you know, what, what's going to be best. I say this all the time. What is best for your recovery? Mm-hmm. What is best is being on this medication best for your recovery? Then great. And if you, whenever you decide to taper off of it and, and no longer be on it, then great, because it is supposed to be a temporary mm-hmm. solution get everything back on track, take the medication, get everything back on track. Um, and over the next couple of years or so, however long you feel like is best. And then when you feel like everything's pretty well, you know, with job, family, those kinds of things, then we can start tapering them down very slowly and appropriately and tapering them down to essentially like two milligrams. And then they can be done with, the program and have you had folks there um that have have been able to say you know what i've tapered down and Mm -hmm. i'm I'm done with all of it and that was right for their recoveries yes can think of some of those folks yeah yeah yeah. i i think um we i have had a couple of people that you know they were like i needed to be on it because i i did um and now i'm kind of ready and so we yeah they they slowly tapered because it does take time Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that they're not feeling any withdrawal symptoms or it be very, very minimal. So um, we always are constantly checking in on them. They every so often they have to give new doctor's orders. Um, I'm constantly harassing them about how they're feeling. Yeah, and, of course. And if they're still on the right track. And yeah. and so, um, yeah, I mean, and, and then they just, um, whenever they get, you know, down to about two, one milligram, then... When they get ready to go, then we're like, okay, well, good luck. We're here if you need us. <laughs> yeah, I love so. that too. So there's there's multiple pathways. There's multiple mm-hmm. ways to to have access to, to medicated assisted therapy. Uh-huh. Yes. And then it's managed all along the way. That's what I'm also hearing. You know, that it's, yes. this is a medical model, again, to repeat that. And mm-hmm. it's it can be very, very effective for the right people. In yes. other words, those that it's the right fit for yes, and that, um, you know, they can use it for short periods of times or mm-hmm. up to 10 years or more mm-hmm. and they can, they can, uh, taper down to where they're not using it at all. Right. Yes. And, and so, I mean, I'm just listening. I'm thinking it's working. Yeah, it's working. So <laughs> it's, what are some of the challenges that, that you would say that sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's hard for, 
maybe people aren't the right fit or mm-hmm. or it just doesn't work out for them. Just in general terms, like what do you think some of those might situations might be? I would say a big common one would be just, you know, you're not addicted to it, but you're dependent on it. You okay. know, because it is a medication and it isn't a like I said, it's something like a synthetic opioid. So mm-hmm. if you don't take it like you're supposed to. You will go into withdrawal. It's like misusing right. it, so taking too much. Right? Well, Is taking it, or uh, that would be not, not taking it every day. So okay. if you missed a day, you might be okay. If you missed more than three days, you're gonna start hurting in the sense of like withdrawal symptoms. Okay. Um, and so we, because it is super powerful, we, you know, they have to do counseling and they have to have clean UAs. We do random. Um, um, UAs once a month and so they're not able to progress and get slowly get to be able to take home medication so sometimes if you want to go out of state for um, vacation or out of town for vacation um, things like that it can be kind of hard because then you have to set up what we call courtesy dosing you might have to dose at another clinic while you're there and we have kind of run into that where people like my family doesn't know I'm on this Or, you know, and so it could kind of be kind of difficult Mm -hmm. um, in that sense. Um, Or if you're wanting to take a road trip or having to take a road trip, you got to figure out where you got to be at a certain day. And so it can just kind of be a little demanding in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is definitely probably one of the one of the obstacles I hear a lot of my clients talk about. Um, But um, let's see. I'm trying to think anything else. I mean, I guess another one that is pretty popular is um, also dealing with like med- like medical on the medical side of it. Um, people getting prescriptions, other prescriptions that they might need. If you're taking methadone, most of, you know we always encourage like you need to probably let your doctor know um, if you're getting other medications, and sometimes that can be kind of tough. Clients have had to go through different finding different doctors because they don't approve of them being on methadone. Ah, even so, their do- even their primary care physician or a specialist that may right. not approve of yeah. You know. And it's it's not um, and I and I, I guess I mean it's just they just don't really care for them being on it and right I, and it's I, not it, in their because then they don't it think says, it's quote unquote right or right. appropriate or whatever in their medical view or their personal view or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good portion of it. And yeah. it's because as soon as, Oh, I've had so many clients tell me as soon as they hear methadone, they're like, Oh, you're an addict. You know, there's that stigma. Yeah. There's that shame. There's right. that barrier. Right. And you're an addict. So why would I want to prescribe you this medication? Which it prevents, <laughs> it prevents access to medical care from your primary care physician right there. It's a great example. It's right. a painful one, but it's a very good example very of where painful. that happens. Yes. And so, yeah, it happens quite a bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I tell them something that we have, I brought up to them recently and then they're like, I really like that. I said, when we're t- talking about medical um, professionals and, and doctors and nurses and things like that, you know, let's try to remind them that you're treating me for my medical problems. My methadone is for my substance abuse treatment for for that issue, from that problem. Like, and that is what my methadone is treating me for. You are not treating me for that. Mm-hmm. You're treating me for my medical issues. So, yes, the methadone is important um, to let doctors know when they are prescribing you medication, just because making sure things don't interact. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, it is unfortunate that they do get that stigma. Well. I don't know if I can trust you or I don't know if I want to prescribe you, you know, certain medications because I'm afraid of you since you're an addict, you're going to abuse it. Mm -hmm. And 
if you're, if we all know with, when it comes to addiction, if you, if you need something, you're not going to abuse it. So like an example would be, you know, sometimes we do have clients that do need, um, benzodiazepines. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always had super high anxiety. Yeah. It's the only thing that will probably calm them down. Um, our facility is very well about working with that. We do lots of coordination of care. We have rules they need to bring in their medication every time they get filled. Um, we just make sure that they're very safe with it and do our best to make sure that they're very safe with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's very hard for doctors to understand that because, Oh, I'm not going to give you a benzo if you're on methadone because taking too much can, you can overdose. Mm -hmm. It is, it has happened. Um, but if monitored on both ends and this person generally does need it, they're going to, they're going to treat it safely and yeah. not take too much. And you may not be able to mention names here, but sure. um, are there doctors in the community that, that are proponents and are that understand what you're describing now? And, oh, yeah. and there's lines of communication at some level mm-hmm. that are able to take place between you and, and, and their office. Yeah. We, cool. you know, it's, um, they are some, we definitely, you know, I, I do need to make get in the habit because unfortunately, you know, like I said, there's more not than there is. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand that. And yeah. I always yeah. definitely try to make sure that my clients, and I'm like, if you can get into it, we need to get into a psychiatrist. Yeah. That's super important. Um, getting into a psychiatrist versus your primary care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, but in the meantime, if you need to do what you need to do in order to get your medicine, that's, you know, but, you know, ask them for referrals you know, and I give them any um, referrals that I can mm-hmm. um, and resources that I can about finding psychiatrists and going on that end. But yeah, you know, I will make sure everybody signs releases. And if they have any questions about the program, they're more than welcome to call us about um, the program when we give an overall explanation of how things, the program works. Yeah. Um, Which is fantastic when that can happen. That yes. When those releases can happen and everybody says, yes, yeah. let's talk about this and <laughs> right. let's share information in an appropriate way for the best care. Right. And what's best for that person's recovery. Well, yes. and life, you right. know, health, well-being, <laughs> wellness with, you know, their whole life. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure where to go next. I'm, I'm curious about, I always like to ask people about their lives. Sure. But as much as you want or as little as you want to share about okay. your life, that's like your family, yeah. um, what you enjoy doing. So I don't know. Tell us a little bit about your family if, if you'd like to. Yeah. Um, so I just had, he's going to be five months next week. So a little boy. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Who did I meet at the event? Because you had somebody with you, I think. You... I think you did meet him. Well, he was in the stroller, yeah. so that was him. Well, I say, yeah. I say, <laughs> yeah, he may have been asleep or yeah. just not aware, but yeah, and um, and so yeah, he was he was there, and then my other um, two little boys were with me, yeah, and um, my my husband brought me my other little kiddos, yeah, um, I have two boys and one girl, so every other week we have six children in our household, and that is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. What do you all like to do together as a family or like each one of them? You yeah, know? What no, do you do? we, um, they're getting older They're And so they sometimes just tend to veer off and do their own thing. Yeah. Um, but we, I think we definitely like to, um, watch movies and, um, 
I like introducing them to two like little movies that maybe they haven't seen. Um, I'm a very movie, movie um, TV person. Yeah. So um, I'm always like, oh my gosh, have you seen this? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're watching it. <laughs> yeah, and they're and, in. You have yeah. se- at least several that are in. Oh, that, yeah. That'll, that'll do that. With yeah. You. Cool. Um, we just recently got a couple of them into some sports. So we're, we're doing that. Um, we go to the park as much as we can. Um, anything that we can be able to do as a family together that does not cost a lot of money <laughs> i'm telling you uh same boat here right yeah. I, I, we have two daughters they're a little bit older but sure. but uh yeah i mean everything is so expensive like, it just I is mean, it's, and so yeah i'm like i want to do all this stuff but you know money is you know sometimes where we're like well let's just go to, to the splash pad and and the great thing about them is they don't care you yeah. know they they're very like we just want to be able to spend time with us, and you know, so we'll go on walks in the after, you know, in the evenings, and um, you know, we have a trampoline and things like that. And just recently, well, not too long ago, probably sometime last month, I think one of their favorite things was um, I got some um, washable paint and some water guns and up some paper and they were spraying with the paint and the water gun oh i know what i'm doing this weekend yeah i just got an idea (laughs) and then i knew i mean i know of course it was going to happen and then they just turned on each other of course so they were just all like paint everywhere and it just it came out so quickly so my two daughters better look out i'm coming that's what i'm going to be doing this weekend so (laughs) they had a lot when i open i'm I'm constantly trying to find things that you know keep them busy because yeah you know, during the week, we're got the routine, you know, home from school, dinner, you know, homework, if they have any, and then bed, and maybe a little, you know, TV here and there, but it's, you know, we got that. So on the weekends, we're like, let's try to focus on each other and having fun. And with my husband's music career, it's been a little different lately, but I'm really excited because we have, because of that, we have been able to travel. He travels so much, and... And he, he's a musician. So do you yeah. want to tell us who he is? And yes, a little bit uh, about his. Okay, sure. Um, his name is uh, Jeremy Rowe, and um, he's in the Jeremy Rowe band. Um, and so it's been about a couple of years. We kind of started this journey of really putting his music career like push it get this. You know, um, very very talented. And yeah, I've heard some of his music. People, there's a link in the show <laughs> notes, right? Yeah. You'll visit all these links, but there's yeah. going to be a, a link to his site and music too. And yeah, it's good stuff. It is. It's good stuff. It's, you know, that's the way that he expresses himself is through his gotcha. music. And yeah. um, we actually, um, I you know, motivating, something that kind of motivated, I think, his career too was just starting up new and fresh. And we actually, he wrote the song. Um, we were in... Arkansas and he wrote the song and he wrote it within the very first song that kind of took off um, called Jeep Thing and um, he didn't really he wrote it within like probably like 30-45 minutes and I'm it jealous. just took off <laughs> as a songwriter and musician on the side yeah so that's awesome when yeah. that happens yeah and he, Keep did, going. Yeah, he did really so. good so we um you know, it just kind of took off, and we didn't realize, I didn't realize how big the Jeep community really is, and they have so many, 
like Jeep gatherings, Jeep festivals. They put on lots of fundraisers for, you know, all kinds of events and awareness. And um, I mean, it's just, it's a lot. And so because of that, he wrote Jeep Thing and Jeep Girl and Off-Road Family. And so it is a very specific population, but it is a very huge specific population. And yeah. so he's just traveling, going to all these states, doing all these like festivals, um, becoming pretty popular in the Jeep community. So we have been able to, as a family, been able to go and like actually in next week for fall break, we're going to North Carolina. Oh, wow. Taking all the kids. Yeah. Road trip. <laughs> Big road trip. So, yeah. Nice. It's, it's going to be lots of fun. And every, I mean, it's just, they're really good people. To, yeah. The to, community. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think it's been a long time since they've, he's probably put a lot of awareness out mm-hmm. because of it. And so a lot of people, I think, are really appreciative of that, like having good music that they can relate to that is, you know, specifically for them. And um, he's able to try out new music that he writes. And so we're really excited for his first album to come out at the end of the month. At the so, end of the month. So the where's, the month. when's that going to drop, um, do you think? I believe it'll probably be about the 28th 29th so the halloween weekend okay yeah so and don't get scared it's coming out soon <laughs> yes <laughs> well i'm gonna be getting that album for sure yeah. yeah oh yeah it's 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 got a lot of fun music a lot of um music that you can relate to and um i don't know if you have anybody that has served um in any forces but there's a yeah, song about that uh-huh. um and um it's it's a really it's gonna be a really good album. I'm excited for him. Yeah, I can tell that you are right. So there's a lot of love, a lot of support, a lot of yes. genuine excitement. What is, what is it like for you to be on 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 this end of it and part of this uh, cool thing that's yeah. going on in your husband's life right now? It's exciting. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm so like happy and and super proud of him. Um, he's worked really hard. He has. Um, he finally kind of did the big jump into kind of making this his full-time career because it can be kind of scary to go out on your own without, you know, having like getting, not being used to not having that paycheck, yeah, you know, to support your family. So, um, but he's, you know, he does what he needs to do and he's always, you know, and, and having me, I think, also kind of helps because I'm, you know, he's always like, what do you think of this song? And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, that's really good. Yeah. Or I'll give him my little kind of critiques, and yeah, I think he appreciates it. So I bet he does. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited for him, and I know the kids are, too. Yeah, they They're, get to experience this, too, especially, like, on the road trip, and he's going to have a gig or more oh, yeah, along the way. Yeah, he's got a lot. Okay. Um, just recently, we he did a, the Choctaw, and they're all not all Jeep related, but yeah, we he just um, played at the Choctaw Festival, and um, and I can't remember where it was, um, but anyway, so there was quite a. Was few, that near Lawton? You don't have to remember right was, now, but yeah. it was somewhere um, east, okay, southeast, yeah, and and so long story short, there was other bands that kind of played there as well, um, but the big main person, the headliner was Clint Black. What? Yeah. I like some Clint Black. <laughs> I know a lot of his songs. Yeah. And so it was really kind of cool. I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to, um, you know, say hi or take pictures or anything. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it was really, really kind of neat to see him. And so all these little, little avenues. He opened up for Shenandoah in Ooh. Ohio. That uh-huh. was like, that was, um, I think last year, that was one of the biggest, the, you know, the 
his biggest concert yet for that when we're just now kind of starting out and we did get to meet him and it was really nice and yeah so yeah it there's gonna be probably some more opportunities hopefully <laughs> i bet there will be yeah and there's a lot of country music in this neck of the woods so oh, to speak yeah. in oklahoma and mm-hmm. down in texas but really across the country right now it's it's a re, there's a resurgence going on it's it's, it's big sure. out there again sometimes it comes and goes so yeah I'm excited. I'm excited for you all. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, and it's really great because he just he loves what he does, and yeah. if he can, and for him too, it's about um, having people relate and helping others. Like um, a good example would be like on Jeep Girl. There's a there's a, a part in the song that says um, "Live your live the day like it's your last day." Mm-hmm. You know, um, live the day as if if it was your last day. And there was a girl that she. Um, was diagnosed with cancer and um i think she was going through treatment things like that she's like i had that song on repeat like all the time she's like i feel like that's kind of really kind of what get me through it and i was like oh my gosh you know and he was like so meaningful yeah it is and he's incredible he's very touched and it's definitely a motivation for him to keep doing what he's doing sure yeah that's what he's doing it for right i'm I'm sure he loves doing the music and singing but then it's the impact that it has you know oh yeah as an artist and as a performing artist that you have to have that impact on folks that's yeah that's what keeps keeps it going yeah well that's really really cool Mm -hmm. in our we have a few minutes left but in our in our closing minutes um First of all, contact information again before I forget to ask that again. So the people that are just listening and not clicking, okay. the name of the um, the facility again, mm-hmm. and then general address okay. and contact number, if you can remember. It'll be in the show notes, too, if you have show notes, people. Okay. Click that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, um, so it's uh, Hefner um, Comprehensive Treatment Center. And um, we're located, again, on Western Hefner, right across from 7-Eleven. It's kind of in this... I think people pass it all day and don't really know exactly. I'm going to go see where it is, honestly, just <laughs> yeah. so I can know because yeah. I'm, I'm curious now too. And I mean, people, if you're not looking for it, you're, you, it kind of blends in, I think, which is really nice for a lot mm-hmm. of clients because of that um, confidentiality reasons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hefner and Western, uh, the address is nine four eight West Hefner Road. Um, and the number to call for like intakes would be uh, 405-286-9533. And so, um, but you can also look at Comprehensive Treatment Center, Oklahoma, and it should be able to pop up our center. Okay. Or the one downtown, because we do have another um, location downtown. Awesome. And I always give folks that are on the show a, a, an option here. Mm-hmm. So are, is there content information for you that you wanted to provide? And if not... Just the clinic would be a way to... I mean, yeah, probably just the clinic. I yeah. don't have anything set up um, on yeah. my personal end sure. for, you know, um, hopefully one day. Yeah, oh, <laughs> definitely. Day. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it oh, in your yeah. future. You're so passionate and caring and yeah. motivated to do what you do. Yes. Okay, so maybe in our last uh, minute or two or more, sure. what kind of a closing message would you have for our listeners? It could really be about anything, but just what seems to speak to you right now and what would you like to share as, as we close our time together? Um, I would say to really just, you know, take that next step into, you know, into your, into, in recovery, into sobriety, you know, um, I tell a lot of my clients, if you're not sober, then what isn't, nothing really matters, you know, because if, you know, um, being able to be clean and to, you know, stay focused and motivated and get your life back, like, 
Um, and if you're not sober, then none of that really matters then. So, you know, I always want to make sure to tell people, like, give it a chance, you know, and there are people out there to help, you know, even if it's not with the, you know, um, MAP programs or anything like that, like, you know, there's all kinds of resources out there and to really find it and to educate yourself and to have others help help you educate yourself because um, sometimes people just unfortunately don't know where to start, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, so and true. that's the hardest part is um, they just don't know where to go or where to start or how, who to ask specifically. So, um, you know, just even if you just Google substance abuse treatment or, you know, um, alcohol treatment centers or anything like that, anything drug abuse related um, is a start. So, you know, I think it is really just about taking that next step for yourself and for your family and um, getting the help that you need. So, yeah, that's yeah. a great place to end. Tisha Rowe, thank you so much for being yeah, my guest on the show today. Thank you for today. having me. Had yeah. a lot of fun. It's been my pleasure. Good. been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.